Hey guys, I'm Tamara Melton. And I'm Deanna Bellany. We are the co-founders of Diversify Dietetics, a nonprofit community dedicated to increasing the racial and ethnic diversity in the field of nutrition and dietetics. Welcome to Feed Me the Facts. Hey guys, it's Tamara. So one of the areas of practice that a lot of dietitians think about going into, and a lot of you might be thinking about going into, is starting your own private practice. And people decide to go into their own private practice for a lot of different reasons, but one of the reasons we hear about a lot is because, one, they want to be able to practice their own way, but then also the earning income potential um, can be a lot higher than it is working for anybody else. So We know that this can be a scary prospect to go into, so we wanted to talk to somebody in the diversified dietetics community who has some experience. And we have today Bashira Inahora, who's a friend of mine. She's an RD based out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And Bashira has her own private practice called Be Nutrition. This is a second career for Bashira. She worked for over a decade in food marketing and manufacturing, and she decided to leave that career to go back and to obtain her degree in nutrition. And she got her Master of Science degree from the University of Illinois at Chicago and eventually became a registered dietitian. Before she started her own private practice, she worked in the clinical setting in Illinois and North Carolina and South Carolina. And then Bashir and I also have a special connection. We both went to Duke University and Bashir got her MBA from Duke. And she also holds a bachelor's degree in mechanical engineering from North Carolina A&T. Bashira, thank you so much for being on the Feed Me the Facts Snacks episode. I am glad to be here. Thanks for having me. So I wanted us to do a topic. We were talking to somebody who went out there and decided to set up their own practice. And I thought of you because when you and I met, you told me how you were not here for it with those salaries. Yes. <laughs> that they try to offer to dietitians and how you decided that you were going to go and do your own thing. So I'm so excited to have you on. I think people are going to really be inspired by your story and learn a lot. I think I'm looking forward to it. So let's jump right into it. Excellent, excellent. All right, so where are you from, Bashir, and how did you first get interested in dietetics? So I grew up in Atlanta, and I found my way to dietetics kind of a roundabout way. I started off my career primarily in food marketing, working for several Fortune 500 large food companies. And... I really just wasn't fulfilled um, in those roles. Many times they were fun, but I just didn't feel like that was really my purpose. And I wanted to do something where I felt I was making more of an impact on people's lives. Um, But that still involved food. And um, it kind of just evolved uh, the way that I got into dietetics. I started taking intro classes at a community college and really loved learning more about nutrition and health. And one class after another, I should probably have a PhD by now, all the school that I had to go back and do. <laughs> you should um, give you some sort of credit. You're exactly, like, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I should have an honorary PhD by now. Um, but I just kept taking classes and um, stumbled upon the, the opportunity to applied to the master's program at the University of Illinois at Chicago, um, stumbled upon the opportunity to apply to the master's nutrition science program there without having an undergraduate degree since I had, you know, been taking classes. 
and just kind of said, well, I'm going to apply and see what happens. And if I get in, great. If I don't, then maybe this wasn't meant to be either. But um, I applied to the master's program. I still had one or two. Uh, I think I had a organic, not organic, uh, biochem class and one other class that I still needed to finish like the summer before the program started. I think a food science class that I need to finish before the summer the program started. But decided I'm going to do this entered into the program. I was still, don't know how I was doing it, still working full-time um, for a food company, a small food company in Chicago, and just said, let's do this. Let's go back to school full-time, continue working as long as you can, and, and see what happens. Okay, so you're in school. You're in a graduate program that is getting you your requirements to be able to sit for the RD exam. Yep. And you're working full-time. And I'm working full-time. Yes, craziness. So so where did you complete your internship? And then did you, at that point, leave your full-time position? Yes. So after the first year of the program, once we started getting into our internship rotations, there was absolutely no way I was going to be able to do both. So I did quit at that point. And um, the bulk of the time, so I did my community service internship with the Chicago Partnership for Health Promotion. And then my clinical internship I did at St. Joseph's Hospital. Um, and both were really small community-based um, programs, which I enjoyed. I really loved the hands-on interaction um, with patients and developing community-based programs. I really enjoyed that, that type of work. So you were in there. So you finished up your, your degree. Did you know what you wanted to do as a dietitian? I know you said you enjoy the community uh, work that you did. Did you know what area of nutrition you wanted to work in? Kind of. I you know, thought I wanted to do something more community focused. Um, I pretty much determined from my clinical rotations that although I liked it, I, I didn't want to work clinically. Um, so I knew I wanted to do something either community based or outpatient based. And I was also tired of being in Chicago. I'd been there for 10 years. I was over winter. Um, so I knew I wanted to get back to the East Coast and back to the South. So I just started job searching and um, found an opportunity that came up at Wake Forest Baptist Health, working in the weight management practice um, outpatient. And so I thought that was going to be a great fit. And it allowed me to get back to North Carolina. Okay, so you're at Wake Forest now. Let's go back to where you are working. So how is that, that job going for you? Is that, did you stay there very long? What did you think? What was your, was this like your career and you knew this was it? I, I enjoy working at Wake Forest Baptist Health. I really enjoy being able to spend more time with patients, um, working outpatient. Um, I led and developed the group nutrition classes, which we did both in person and online. Um, there was a lot of nutrition education that I was able to deliver to patients. So I really enjoyed it. What I did not enjoy, though, were the extremely long hours. So, you know, if you decide you want to work outpatient, oftentimes you're seeing patients very early in the morning and also late into the evening as well. Okay, so you are no longer now at Wake Forest. So tell us how you got to where you are today. Yeah, I think I always knew that I would do something on my own um, once I finished um, my program. 
finished my second master's degree, I think I knew I would do something on my own. I wasn't sure exactly how that would take shape, um, what form it would take, but I've, I've never been afraid to take risks. So while I was at uh, Wake Forest Baptist, thankfully, they completed all the paperwork to get my MPI number, my national provider identifier, which that is basically just a unique 10-digit, unique number that um, identifies you as a health professional, identifies that you actually follow HIPAA standards, and makes it um, easy for you to get credentialed with insurance companies to accept insurance. So they, at Wake Forest Baptist Health, they did all of that for me. Um, so they got my MPI number and they got me credentialed with insurance panels. So you know, thinking about do, starting my own private practice, I didn't have to go through those steps myself, which was very helpful. Did you jump right into your private practice full time? Did you say, okay, Wake, I'm gr- it's been good, you know, I'm done? Or did you transition into it and kind of work there and kind of do it on the side a little bit first and then transition or was it completely, you know, rip the bandaid off, I'm gone? Yeah, I started on doing it on the side first um, with a few clients, seeing people on the weekends um, or, you know, on any free time that I had and just a few people at a time, just kind of sent out some. I put together my own website in Wix and decided I was going to really focus on women. And, um, you know, they're probably on like my third iteration of business at this point. I think my initial kind of positioning was really helping women with individualized services um, who were just busy and on the go and didn't have a lot of time for themselves. And just sent out, you know, email to friends and family. Here's my business. If you'd like to work with me, Here's how you can get in contact with me and let's go and see what happens. Um, and, you know, would have a few people here and there saying, yes, I want to work with you. Um, how do we make this happen? So kind of, I didn't jump, you know, headfirst in initially. I definitely tested out the waters first. Um, I used everything that I could for free initially, <laughs> put my website up for free. You know, I, I found some HIPAA compliant um, electronic health records platforms and video platforms that I could use for free and just did everything, you know, bare bones out of my townhouse while I was in Winston-Salem still working full time. What were those, what were those platforms that you use HIPAA compliant and, and those sorts of things that are, I just think that some people might be interested who want yeah, to go. Into so I, I know some of them have actually gone away. Um, there are a few out there and I, I'm pretty sure that nutrition entrepreneurs has a list as well. If you're in the nutrition entrepreneurs DPG, they have a list of some free resources too. Okay. That's good to know. So if you're not familiar with nutrition entrepreneurs, it's a dietetic practice group. That's part of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics focused in on nutrition entrepreneurs, as Bashira said. Um, and they do have a lot of great resources, especially when you're starting out yes. in any business, um, especially your private practice. So that one is, is a really good one to have. Okay. So you have, so now you're doing this as a side hustle, you're moonlighting, um, getting started. The women that you reach out to are these physicians or these actual would be your clients who would be coming to see you? They were actually my clients. Um, I did have a friend who was a physician in Winston-Salem. And so I did reach out to her for referrals and she was very gracious about, um, she was a primary care physician. So she was very gracious about sending me referrals as well. 
Um, but they were mostly just friends uh, of mine, friends and family, or people who knew me, who re referred people to me. It was mostly just my personal network. Um, and I would say I didn't really invest into anything mm -hmm. until I got to the point where I had maybe five or six people consistently. And I was just finding that I'm trying to send them forms to fill out, trying to get them scheduled. It was all becoming a little bit too much to continue to try to manage manually. So you transitioned to a more automated system at that point. Yeah. And did, at that point, did you have to do a, a service that you paid for? Um, yeah. Okay. Yep. So at that point, I started to look into different services, and there were several that were coming on the market um, that seemed pretty reliable. Um, I chose to go with Healthy, but I know other people use Calyx. Um, some people also use, oh, there's another one, Simple Practice. Um, so there are a couple of kind of combined electronic health records, um, appointment management, and video platforms all kind of in the same platform. Um, and for me, having that integration of everything together was really important. I, I didn't want to have to have like three different systems trying to manage everything. And these are, it's very important to have HIPAA compliant systems. Yes, very important to have HIPAA compliant systems. Although, you know, I think consumers don't necessarily see it. Like they don't necessarily think about it. But for me as a professional, um, you know, I don't want anyone's information to be compromised. You know, I don't want to have anything happen to someone that I could have avoided. Right. So it's just a best practice. To Absolutely. And, and you know, especially if you're licensed in a state, um, if you're credentialed with insurance panels, if you're paying for liability insurance, like it just doesn't make any sense not to have HIPAA compliant processes mm -hmm. in place. So what challenges did you run into as you really decided to completely go 100% in that you're going to be an entrepreneur? What kind of as you start back thinking to your, where you started from, what are some things that you ran into and then how did you overcome those? So your first lesson learned was I should have saved up more money before going into private practice. <laughs> um, you, once you start taking insurance, which is great, and um, I you know, love being able to provide services where people can use their benefits, their health benefits that they're already paying for. And I, I think people, the clients actually see that as a value as well. But insurance payments also take some time to actually come in. You know, for some people, and it varies from plan to plan, with some of my clients, I might get paid by insurance in two weeks. With other clients, I might get paid in a month. Or heaven forbid, a claim gets denied or there's some hiccup where they need more information. They need the, the client's medical records and I've got to provide them with additional documentation. You know, and then it might be two months or three months before um, the claim is actually paid. So um, if I had to do it all over again, I probably would have continued working for a little bit longer and saved up more just to have a bit more of a cushion um, for when your payments get delayed or it takes longer than anticipated for um, insurance to pay out. Case in point, last year, at the end of the year, uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield had some glitch in their 
system where they didn't load the payment schedule for 2018. And so I had about 20 claims that mm. just got held up in limbo somewhere um, in the month of December and didn't get paid until the end of February. Wow. Yeah. It was a nightmare. Just things you need to think about. Yes. Like, you know, just a blip. Like it wasn't anything I did. It was just in their system. They had a new uh, fee schedule and it didn't get loaded properly into their system. So I had just claims that were just sitting in limbo that never got processed properly. Are there any other challenges that you've run into with marketing or finding people? Where do you find people to um, clients that you? You know, it took, a, I would say it, it takes, definitely takes some time for that to feel like you've got momentum in that area. Um, and in hindsight, I wish I'd probably done more. So I started out really networking with physicians and therapists in my area um, and other small business owners, just trying to make personal connections, which um, that definitely helped. Um, but getting that flow of people continuously referring people to you, it definitely takes some time for that to build. And I would say, you know, this is my first full year in practice. And I would say it took a good probably seven or eight months before I felt like the flow of people of referrals consistently coming in was at the volume where I wanted it to be. Um, and along the way, you know, I had to get scrappy of, well, all right, let me make sure that I'm doing some Google ads so that people see that. Um, let me do a bit more in Facebook and experiment with that and do some marketing there um, and run some ads there and Instagram. Um, so you definitely have to be scrappy and I wish I had explored a few more of those things earlier on versus you know, solely relying on um, individual relationships with people. Um, you know, it definitely helps to kind of diversify all the ways in which you're you know, trying to build um, your reputation. Um, but I will say it takes a lot of, when you're trying to do it yourself, it takes a lot of trial and error too of whether or not doing social media ads are effective or not. It really takes some, a lot of tweaking and fine tuning and trying different things um, to see like what sticks or not. So I think about people kind of delving into these different areas of marketing that we have now with social media. And social media is great because you have your own image, right? You can do your own marketing. You can present yourself out there the way that you want to. Um, but like you said, it takes time. If you're a solopreneur, is that a word? So no, entrepreneur on your own. <laughs> I just made that up. It didn't even sound right. Um, so if you're an entrepreneur out there on your own, you have a finite amount of time. You don't want to have to work all the time. Yeah. Um, and you have to teach yourself these things. So how, what resources do you use? Do you just go out there and kind of Google things? Do you talk to people? Do you read websites? How do you find out the things that you need to find out, not only just to do your marketing, but, you know, other ways of, of, you know, growing your business, how you found out about the insurance, um, setting up insurance and things like that. What are your favorite ways of, of finding resources so that you're still balancing your time? Yeah. Work yeah. I would say using the nutrition entrepreneurs resources and also using Facebook groups that other dietitians have created has been invaluable. Um, I also connected with some other dietitians here in Charlotte. There was um, one who'd been 
had an established practice for several years who was just very gracious about meeting with me and talking with me um, and, you know, being able to bounce ideas off of her about insurance. Um, now she uses a biller and has, you know, very, um, has a very elaborate system already established, which I knew I wasn't going to do that because I wanted to keep things as low cost as possible. But it was still good to, you know, kind of just do some fact checking with her of am I on the right path with this or not. Um, and learning social media marketing, I'm still in the midst of trying to do that, I would say. <laughs> it still evol is evolving. Um, so I try to take advantage of as many free opportunities as possible. So we have a, a small business um, center through um, CPCC, which is a community college here in Charlotte. So they have a ton of free resources and workshops. So anytime they had a free workshop on marketing and for spe specifically for small businesses, I was there. Um, I also do make it a point to go to entrepreneurship conferences as well. Um, and I, I'm a member of several women in, in business entrepreneurship organizations. And so anytime that there's a webinar or a conference, I'm there as well, trying to soak up as much knowledge as possible. And I will generally go to those meetings once a month or every couple of months as my schedule allows as well. Um, and then just, I try to follow what other people are doing without to, as a learning tool, not as a tool of, well, let me just, you know, I don't believe in reinventing the wheel. So if I see something that I think someone's doing and I, I find that they're connecting with their audience, that it seems valuable, and a lot of times they're in totally different industries, not nutrition related, um, but they're just really connecting with their audience in social media. I just take notes of what are they doing and how can I do that in the same way, but make it my own and make it unique. So good. I, I love that. Don't reinvent the wheel. No, it's so many no need. There is no need. And I, I found that for me, if, yeah, if anyone reaches out to me, like I am, I'm an open door, so I will share. And I've found that to be the case with most entrepreneurs too, that you know, if you reach out to them and you have a question, well, how are you doing this? Or how are you doing that? They're more than willing to share their information with you. That's true. I mean, I think, and also I love your idea of, and what you're doing of going outside of dietetics. There are great resources that we have within our, our own discipline in our industry, but there are business is business, right? So if you're right. starting a business, there's so many things you can learn from just reading and, and learning as much as possible. And there's so much out there that's free. That's free. Yes. If there access. is a small business center in your community, go. They have workshops pretty much every month. You know, I'm not always able to go to them, but, and a lot of them now they're starting to, I don't know, the center here, they're starting to offer them online. So you can also join online if you can't be there in person. And one of the first ones that I went to that, duh, I have an MBA, you know, the guy was just talking about when you're starting out as a new business, you have to spend money on marketing. You can't just rely on networking and word of mouth. And you just showed us how easy it was to set up a Google page and get people to go review your Google page so you can increase your rankings and making sure your profile within you know, all of the um, tools that collect information about you, making sure your profile is consistent across all of them. 
and then also setting up an account to do some some um, ads and how easy that was. I mean, they just walked us through everything and how we could do it pretty easily on our own and not spend a lot of money. And yes, I learned those things in business school, but and you know, if you're not using them consistently, they're not top of mind for you. And so you just don't you don't you're not thinking about it. I think most dietitians you know, focus a lot of time on nutrition and how we can help people. But, you know, if you're in business for yourself, then you also have to focus on how do you, how do you market yourself, how to make sure that people know what you're doing, making sure that you're visible within your community. So since this is the um, podcast for the Diversified Dietetics community, um, we always like to talk about challenges that are particular to being an RD of color, because that is, there are just challenges that are particular to us. Have you encountered any challenges in particular as you started your business? Um, and how did you, how'd you kind of deal with those um, challenges that have come up? Um, I wouldn't say I've faced any overt challenges, but you know, I think anytime someone makes a decision about who, if they're going to work with someone, particularly if they're going to spend money to work with someone, you know, they want to do it with someone they know, like, and trust. And I think as, a woman of color, the person of color, you know, sometimes people were, will look at you and based on, you know, the way that you look, decide you're not the person that they want to work with. Um, and, you know, they don't try to look past that. So I haven't experienced that overtly, but I'm sure that it does happen. Um, for example, I'm in a, several Facebook groups with other women who are in the Charlotte area um, and generally someone from time to time will pop in and say, hey, I'm looking for a dietitian or a nutritionist. I'm you know, interested in X, Y, and Z. Um, and most of the people who chime in with a recommendation, they're not someone of color, <laughs> to be quite frank. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't know that, I can't say specifically like someone has just said, you know, I don't want to work with her because she's black. But, you know, I'm sure people will look and the, the first thing they see is a lot of times the color of my skin and that they don't go any past that, which is fine. I would rather, I think one of the beauties of working in private practice is having people who want to work with me and I want to work with them. And so I'm, you know, I, I think one of the mm -hmm. challenging lessons for anyone as an entrepreneur is being okay with you're not going to be a good fit for mm -hmm. everyone and everyone's not going to work with you, want to work with you. And that's fine. But Shira, let's stop there and rewind. That is so true because I always tell people this, everybody eats. Yeah. Everybody eats in this whole world. If they are alive, be it through a tube, through their whatever. And so the cool thing about being in dietetics is that there's so many different people who we can work with and it's just important, I think, as an entrepreneur, no matter where you work at, not everybody is going to be your cup of tea and vice versa. And Absolutely. so really and understanding your niche where you're at is important so that you don't get distracted or discouraged because not everybody came and decided to come and, and hire you and work with you. Yes. Yes. And also, you know, I think we have to remember too, like, and empower our own selves of not everyone's going to work with me and that's okay. But at the same time, the people who do choose to work with me, there are certain standards that I expect of them just as they expect of me. 
So, you know, I, I don't want to lessen that either. If you do decide to work with me, then here are the boundaries that we are going to operate under. And I know you're expecting a lot of me, but I'm expecting a lot of you too. So true. And, and that's so important. I think that um, it's kind of, it's so obvious, you know, as, as being people of color in, in this, in this industry and in, in our discipline, it's, it's obvious that we are, but to not let it get in our own way mm-hmm. um, because, and that might people like, oh, but you're diversified dietetics. What are you talking about? We understand that. But a lot of the resources that we have, you'll notice one of the last things we ask are, oh, how does this affect you as a person of color? And one thing we're hearing more and more is people are like, yeah, I'm a person of color, but I don't let that get in my own way or let other people make it a, a, a big deal. I just keep on going. And so I think that's, that's good to hear from you as well you know, working your space and finding, finding your own way too. Did you have any mentors in your career who kind of helped you along either, you know, deciding to switch from where you were, you know, previous second, you know, you're a second career dietitian. So deciding to go into dietetics and then as you've come along with your own private practice, have you had anybody who's been a particular um, person that you've looked up to has given you great advice? So switching careers and, and getting into dietetics, there are definitely um, two professors and then also the um, coordinator of my program at University of Illinois at Chicago who were extremely helpful, just looked out for me in every way possible and opened doors for me. Um, and I still call on them to this day of, you know, hey, I'm, I, I also teach as an adjunct and you know, what advice do you have for me? Um, can you help write a recommendation letter for me? So I still you know, reach back to my old program at UIC um, and ask them for help and guidance and um, just help me figure out, well, how do I connect with students on a meaningful level? Um, so that's been extremely helpful. Um, and then in private practice, um, I don't know that I've had any mentors per se um, that are in the field. I've definitely worked with some coaches who aren't in the field and have relied on other small business owners, even if they haven't necessarily provided me with a business idea, just having someone that I can talk to and vent with and bounce ideas off of who kind of get the, the uncertainty of being in business for mm-hmm. yourself. Um, yeah. Seven, it, if you're an entrepreneur, you got to talk to another entrepreneur. Yeah. Like other people support group. Don't, don't get it. So thankfully I have, um, another good friend who is a photographer here, who's been in business for herself for a number of years. So having that sounding board has been really in, invaluable. Um, also kind of figuring out, all right, if we're going to go to a women's entrepreneurship conference, like, is this one, the one of the ones that we would go to and, you know, really kind of checking in with each other on things like that. Um, and she's just an extremely creative person too. So shout out to Ray Images, who did all of the images for my website. Um, but just, you know, kind of having that gut check of like, all right, I'm about to make this investment. <laughs> Does this make sense? Um, so that's been extremely, extremely helpful um, uh, as well. And then my accountant is definitely a go-to person. Very okay. important person of your yes. team. Yes. <laughs> your accountant, yes. Yes, of like, all right, I'm about to do X, Y, and Z. What are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, am I, and I, you know, he does my accounting, but I still have to track everything in, in, in QuickBooks and just making sure that I'm tracking everything appropriately. 
um, that I'm not doing anything that isn't best practice. Um, so he's, he's been an extremely valuable, valuable resource. Um, and then other than that, like I said, there's a dietitian who's been in practice here for several years. And so anytime I have a question about like something funky that comes up in insurance or um, paperwork or like a policy question or something like that, then I will also go to her and kind of bounce some ideas off of her as well. I just had a, another question that, that I wanted to ask you. Let's say somebody, they hear this, oh, I, I want to be an entrepreneur. I'm tired of working for the man. <laughs> I do it all on my own. <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you this, being an entrepreneur is really hard. It um, is. It's a lot. I mean, you are working, you eat what you kill is what I tell yes. you. Yes. You are 24-7. What skills do people need? What kind of personality? So I say personality first and then skills because skills are things you can gain. What do they need in order to be successful? Personality-wise, you have to believe that everything's working in your favor. There is no option to fail. You know, if you're going to keep a roof over your head and be an entrepreneur full time, you have to have a, you know, there's no option. Failure isn't an option. Whatever I need to do, I'm going to do it. Um, you know, even if that means, and it, it is this ability to juggle lots of different things at one time because, you know, still even being in private practice and having a steady stream of clients coming through the door, you just, you just never know. So you always have to anticipate the unknown, whether that is having some PRN opportunities lined up, having some corporate wellness opportunities lined up, um, figuring out other streams of income because even, like I said, if you have a steady stream of referrals coming in every week, there's still no guarantee that those clients are actually going to come through the door and work with you consistently. So it definitely is this has to be the spirit of no matter what, if it means I've got to do five different jobs that all, you know, all align to my greater goal. But if it means I've got to work five different jobs and so be it, that's what I'll have to do. Um, and so if you're not willing to, to work and to be scrappy in that way, then I would say don't even think about going into business for yourself. It's not, it's not going to happen. And be very, very honest with yourself about that. It's not easy. It is definitely important to have hustle. Yeah, it's the hustle. And then it's also the knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, everything's working in your favor, even if things don't initially seem like they're coming together, you're going to make it happen no matter what. That is very good information. So Bashira, thank you so much. This has been, I think this, there's a lot of links I'm going to have in the show notes from some of the things you referred to. So people can look those up and your contact information as well. So they can follow you on Instagram and on your Facebook page and awesome. all that good stuff. Um, but thank you so much. It's great to hear from somebody who, you know, is, is not like 20 years in and like, Oh, that was great. Cause they've forgotten. <laughs> Right. The early days. Yes. Um, The early days. So we really appreciate you taking the time today and thanks for being on. Absolutely. My pleasure. Absolutely. Anytime. And yes, I encourage any dietitian who's thinking about it. Um, I think there, we need more of us in private practice. So yes, it is tough, but it's definitely possible as well. And the upside potential 
is you know, sky's the limit. You know, there's a lot of upside, even though there's the uncertainty, there's a lot of upside of working for yourself. So happy to talk to anyone who's interested in doing it and kind of helping show them the ropes and helping them avoid some of the mistakes that I made early on. <laughs> That's always helpful. Thank you so much, Bashira. Absolutely. My pleasure. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you have any more questions about setting up your private practice or marketing or anything like that that we discussed today with Bashira, why don't you head on over to our Instagram page? You can find us at Diversified Dietetics on Instagram, also on Facebook, and on Twitter, we're at DiversifyRDN. Leave any questions that you might have. Bashira can answer them or somebody else from the Diversified Dietetics community. That's what we're all about. And if you don't mind, please do us a favor. If you enjoyed today's episode, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give us a review and a rating. That really helps for our ratings to go up um, for people to be able to find us who might be interested in learning more about diversity in dietetics or people of color students, interns who might be interested in coming to the profession. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Have a great day. Bye. Bye.